Good morning. What a bright and shiny happy Mother's Day. Y'all stand and sing with us this morning. Come, now is the time to worship. here in a minute. We forgot. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Um, we're missing a couple of band members this morning. Jimmy and Ann have gone to see family. And y'all say a special prayer for uh, Corey. She's got a little stomach virus. Things aren't going well. So say a good prayer for her this morning. Um, we're going to start off our service singing, Here I Am to Worship. Sing with us. Oh, yeah. 
very thankful to have Charlie with us. He adds so much to our, um, to our sound and adds so much feel into our songs, and we're very, very thankful that he's with us this morning. Where two or more are gathered, the Lord is in, in his presence. So surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Let's sing this together. we started singing nobody was here now you're all here i'm glad you didn't run the other way i'm glad to see you especially if you're visiting family from out of town and you're here we have refreshments in the back you're welcome to go get if you came a little late and there's somebody near you that you don't know who is a brother or sister in the lord turn and find out who that is and children come forward for a few moments of sharing Good morning. Can anybody tell me what special day this is? What is it? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Yes, you are correct. Can um, any of y'all raise your hand if you have a mother in here today? Everybody raise their hand. All right. Well, can everybody in the congregation raise your hand if you have a mother? Even though your mother may have to discipline you or be, you do something wrong sometimes, they always love you. That's the great thing about mothers. No matter what you do, they always love you. Just like God, even though you may sin, do things wrong, he always loves you. And that's the point of having Mother's Day is to celebrate what they do for you every single day. And... It's one of my favorite days because I love my mama a lot, and I'm sure all of you do. So, 
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us this wonderful Mother's Day and blessing us with wonderful mothers. And let everybody be safe today as they celebrate this wonderful time and just let everybody enjoy it, especially the mothers out there. So thank you and amen. It is uh, good to see you. Glad you're here. It's a busy time of year. I'm for Mother's Day, and um, we were on the road to and from Columbia a couple times this week for graduation things. And, uh, you know, we need to make sure we get a list of everybody graduating from college. Uh, that Just because they're supposed to doesn't mean they're going to. I, so, um, <clears throat> you know, you might ought to... Um, let us know. Call June or tell me or something if you've got a graduate uh, so that we might uh, recognize them. But it is good to see you all here. We want to give you an opportunity to share concerns that you might have for, uh, for loved ones or family, friends. We, we do this through prayer request. And if there's something that you feel uh, like you can share with the rest of us, if you'd raise your hand, we have index cards and if you just write down a prayer request on that, I will share that with uh, all of us in a few minutes. And we will join you in praying for that uh, concern that you have. Also, we will be passing around an attendance registration pad, which is a great way to um, indicate some things. If you, if you need to make contact with us in some way, you can do that. Uh, visitors, it's great to get some addresses so we can send you some follow-up material and whatnot. So we invite you to sign that when it is passed. Uh, several announcements here. A lot happening this week. Wednesday, the uh, Young at Heart Club goes to Bond Center for lunch. And then that evening, we'll be having a potluck supper. Where it's a week earlier than usual uh, it's this Wednesday night because of the availability of a speaker um, that Daryl Richforth has gotten for us, K.C. Carter, who helps line up local missions, uh, repair teams, and things like that, will be with us on Wednesday night following our potluck uh, dinner. So we invite you to join Jack Four and me at Kentucky Fried Chicken to get a bucket of chicken. Right, Jack? Uh, or, or, or if you'd rather, you can cook. That's all right. And uh, then uh, come on by here at 6 o'clock for the uh, family night uh, potluck supper. Then on Thursday night, the United Methodist men are gathering at Fuddruckers Restaurant uh, at 6.15 to see about reorganizing. And uh, all of our men are invited if you're in high school and you think you're a man, you may come. <laughs> Rochelle is not invited. <laughs> no, I've been in churches where the United Methodist men were joined by high school boys. That's tremendous, I think, a good, a good combination. So anyway, uh, that's Thursday night um, at 6.15. 
Next Sunday is the Memorial Family Day cookout. Um, It starts at 3.30 and goes until 7. The first part of the afternoon, there are children's games, and there's going to be an inflatable pirate ship out there. Hmm? Inflatable pirate ship. Is, um, Lee, is there water involved? Not this year. Thank you, Lee. Oh, that was Mark. Um, so, so it's dry, uh, dry activities. Okay. Uh, and then between five and six, there will be hamburgers and hot dogs. At six, at, excuse me, between five thirty and six fifteen, the, there will be a youth auction. Here's your chance to get rid of your youth. Actually, it's your chance to uh, employ a youth for some work around your house or business. And proceeds for that auction goes to youth mission work. So we invite you to come for that and see if you can outbid uh, Pete Smith. I imagine he'll have some campaign duties this year for the kids. Um, And then in various times, beginning at 5 o'clock in uh, a couple of sessions, the praise band will be performing as well. So we hope you'll be here. That's next Sunday afternoon. Because of Mother's Day, there are no activities uh, this afternoon following our 11 o'clock worship service. Uh, We hope that you'll be able to spend time together with with your families. Uh, If you're visiting, we hope you'll stay for Sunday school at 10, and you're welcome to stay on for our traditional service in the sanctuary at 11 o'clock as well. Let's gather the prayer cards now and um, have a time together in prayer. If you'd raise them up so our folks can see them, that would be helpful. Get them all? Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you so wanted to convey your love and care for us as individuals, that you created a marvelous way to bring us into your world. We're so very thankful that many of us can testify that through our mother's And also through our fathers, we experienced nothing less than the embracing, healing, creative love of God, our Heavenly Father. And we first came to understand that there was one beyond this earth, bigger than all things we can see. And we learned that through the good example and the wise counsel of the people you gave the... the, uh, the job and the privilege of being our mothers and our fathers. So we thank you this day. We pray for those who are actively engaged in that task of mothering today. We know that many times we feel as parents that the job is bigger than we are. And it seems that with every child, there needs to come a separate set of instructions and a separate job description for mother. So we ask your blessings and your wisdom to abide upon these that you've called to be your servants by being mothers. We pray for the children as they grow, that they might grow in strength and in wisdom and in the knowledge of God. And here are our special prayers for today. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and their loved ones. 
We pray for healing from Mike Berg and Carl Reinick. We pray for an uncle who is in need of a liver transplant. We pray for Paul Garden who went home to be with the Lord on Monday. And we pray for the Gordon family. We pray for Ralph Clements' continued recovery from heart surgery. And we pray for the students as they begin pack testing in these days. Lord, these are our prayers through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I did forget to say this, that Epworth Children's Home is being remembered today with a special offering, and there are envelopes near the back if you would like to make a, an, an offering above and beyond what you generally give to help our children at Epworth. That will be gladly uh, received and welcomed and appreciated. And now we present to you somebody who's going to talk about motherhood because I was plum chicken. It's Andy. Not that I know anything. I have learned that there's a special connection between moms and their children, particularly between their hips and the vocal cords. If you put a child on the mother's hip, those vocal cords tend to be calm and under... uh, a decibel level, which is pleasing for us. So, but uh, my little one's screaming back there right now. So, um, I do want to talk to you today about Mother's Day. But before I begin, I want to tell you that the offertory today is very special because Kelly has, many of you know, has compiled a uh, PowerPoint presentation of all sorts of photos, mother and children photos that y'all have sent in over the past couple of weeks, and it's set to music. Um, that we recorded Tuesday night. It's a very special song, and it, it sums up motherhood and what it's all about. And, and so uh, I hope that you really enjoy that after I get finished speaking. Um, Mother's Day is a day that is filled with many different emotions. To be sure, most are joyous on Mother's Day. However, for some, this is a sorrowful time. So if you find yourself joyous and filled with joy on this day, don't take that for granted. And the fact that Mother's Day does have so many emotions attached to it, it's the difficult, perhaps I think the most difficult day to preach on out of the whole year. And that's not just because I'm not a mother. But unless you are a female preacher, you really are speaking about something that is much more unknown to me than any biblical mystery could be. And so I'm going to try and do my best. Bear with me. So as I was struggling to determine what I wanted to talk about, I realized that where there are mothers, there are children and fathers. Usually husbands, but there are children and fathers. You can't have a mother without a child and a father. And so I want to address all three categories of people today. Children, fathers, and mothers. And um, since we all fit into the children category, we'll start with the children. And, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about what, what children should do in relationship to their mother and their parents. And in particular, you have the, you know, the commandment in Exodus to honor your mother and father. Paul adds, obey your parents. 
Um, there's plenty of scriptures that talk about respecting them, but I found a proverb or a passage from a proverb that I think can lend us uh, a little bit of aid in determining uh, maybe some more specific things that we can do in relationship to our mother in particular. And that proverb is Proverbs 23, verses 22 through 25. Oh, I'm going to give you this list first. What I learned from my mother, because mothers are good teachers, and this is uh, an illustration that I've been wanting to use in a sermon for a long time. It's um, about a wide variety of things that our mothers teach us about. We have, you know, various subjects here. And, and this just kind of goes along with uh, uh, things that our mothers say to us when we're children. So maybe you can relate. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. And a lot of times mothers will say something like, um, if you're going to kill yourself, go outside or kill each other. Go outside. I just cleaned the house. My mother taught me about religion, and this usually follows the first one. You better pray that comes out of the carpet. My mother taught me about time travel, and you didn't even know you were getting an education on time travel. But when she said, if you keep that up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week, you were getting an education on time travel. My mother taught me about logic, and this I find myself saying this one so I can relate somewhat, because I said so. That's why. And it uh, makes sense now. didn't then. My mother taught me about foresight. Make sure you have on clean underwear. You may be in an accident. Never really understood that one, but um, my mother taught me about irony. Keep on crying, and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about endurance and perseverance. You're going to sit there until you eat all your vegetables. And my mother taught me about the weather even. That room upstairs looked like a tornado went through it. My mother taught me about hypocrisy. If I've told you once... I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. And this is my all-time favorite. My mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. (laughs) These are things that our mother uh, taught us, most of us. A lot of us can relate to those uh, phrases that our mother said to us. Um, But the truth is, is that one of the main jobs of mothers is teaching. And as children, like I said earlier, I found a proverb that I think can sum up the way we're supposed to have a relationship with our parents and some of the things we're supposed to do in a more specific way. And it's Proverbs 23, verses 22 through 25. Listen with respect to the father who raised you, and when your mother grows old, don't neglect her. Buy truth. Don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom, buy education, buy insight. Parents rejoice when their children turn out well. Wise children become proud parents. So make your father happy. Make your mother proud. Now, I'm going to be addressing children on the most part, those who are still living with their mother and father, and so the younger children. Um, And by truth, by wisdom, by education, by insight, is about as close as the Bible gets to saying, do your homework. It means to invest in it, to get it, to make sure you understand, to gain wisdom and insight in the school of life, so to speak. So do your homework. All right, and this is something that you've probably heard before, some of you daily, some of you hourly, some of you will hear it tonight before school starts tomorrow. Have you done your homework? You need to go do your homework. So I challenge you today, if you don't do anything else in regards to your relationship with your mother, which I hope you do, at least do your homework tonight without being told to, all right, so that when she asks, you can say, I already did it, Mom, and it'll make it a very uh, special day for her if you can do that without being told to. 
Another thing that, that I love about this passage is it contains this phrase, wise children become proud parents. And it reminds me of something that I teach the, the teenagers, uh, particularly the teenage uh, girls. And that is that your relationship with your mother is a good indication of how your relationship with your daughter will be. And the same goes for guys too. Your relationship with your parents is a good indicator of what your relationship with your children will be because you're learning how to communicate right now. And so I challenge you to remember that, and, and for the sake of your children, if, if not, I hope you do it for your own uh, relationship with your mother, but if not, for the sake of your children, open up to your parents. Let them in. Let them be a part of your life. Tell them what's going on. And yes, they're your parents, so they're going to be judgmental. They're going to tell you what you should do and what you should not do. That's part of being a parent. And another thing that mom always said that I didn't understand until I had children is, you will understand one day why they do that. And so wise children become proud parents. So learn to be a wise, wise child, and you'll, have a, a, you'll become a proud parent. You'll have a good relationship with your children one day. So remember that. Um, because another phrase that mothers used to say is, I hope you have some that turn out just like you. So if you push them away, justice has a way of working where your children, you'll have the same problems with your children. So wise children become proud parents. And then that leads us to uh, the final thing in, in the passage that is make your mother proud. Other translations say give your mother reasons to rejoice. And so everybody here knows what your mother's expectations are. And for the most part, those are not unrealistic. And so make your mother proud. Meet those expectations. Try to meet those expectations. Make your mother proud. Give her reasons to rejoice and to talk about you and to be proud of you and who you are and who you're becoming and what you do. So... Children, do your homework, make your mother proud. Moving on to fathers. And I'm not going to speak a whole lot here because I don't want to hold myself to too high of a standard. Um, the Bible has lots to say about how men should act towards their wives, uh, the mother of our children. Um, I'm not going to get into a whole lot, but I did once again find a proverb that I think, really, it's very simple, but if you'll do it, I promise you, it will change your relationship with your wife. And it's Proverbs 31, 31. Show her respect. Praise her in public for what she has done. Twofold. Show her respect. And I am going to preach to you a little bit. And I'm preaching to myself. Don't think I'm not. But your wife's opinions, your wife's ideas, your wife's concerns, your wife's emotions, your wife's way of thinking is equal to yours. It is not less than. And it should not be looked at as something that is trivial or, or that it's not as important as yours. So treat her with respect. It's biblical. The other thing, is, and this is the part that really will change your relationship with your wife, if you will praise her in public for what she has done. We are oftentimes good at telling our wives we're proud of her or telling our wives that we admire her or what we like about her, that we love her and we appreciate all she's doing for our family and the, and the kids and how she seems to juggle it all. But if you will do that in front of other people, tell other people and praise her in public for what she means to you, it will change your relationship. I promise it will. Because that's on another level when you are bragging about your wife to other people, to your friends, your co-workers, the people here at church. So tell other people about what she means to you on this day, if not every day. Show her respect. Praise her in public for what she has done. And now mothers will not escape. The guest of honor is mothers. 
And um, Kelly warned me before I was going to preach. I told her I was going to preach to mothers, and she said, you're not going to preach on mothers or about mothers? I said, no, I'm going to preach to mothers. And she said, you know, this is supposed to be a happy day. And so I'm going to try and keep it as lighthearted as possible. But I think there's two biblical examples of motherhood that, that you maybe can take something away from and, and you can learn from. And the first is um, that of, of Hannah. In First Samuel chapter 1, I'm going to give you a little bit of background and then we'll start our scripture. Um, Hannah was the uh, wife of Elkanah, and he had two wives. And Hannah had no children, but the other wife had a lot of children. And they would go up yearly and offer sacrifice um, to the Lord. And Elkanah would always give Hannah a double portion to offer to the Lord because he loved her even though she had borne him no children. But the other wife picked at her and ridiculed her and poked fun at her. And this really drove Hannah to, dis- you know, to distress. I mean, she was really anxious about it and really just almost depressed about not being able to have children. And so here's where we begin our story. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart only. Only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And he said, And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. The man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him, only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. She brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli, and she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Now, a couple things about this story of Hannah that I think are important. And the first is, the first thing we see is that this is a story of hope. Hannah could not have a child. She had tried and she wanted one and could not have one. And many mothers have been in that situation or perhaps women out there are in that situation now. And this is a story of hope. 
But I love what it says. It says that she poured out her heart. And I know that if you want children and you are trying to have children, that you are pouring out your heart. And this is something that causes you great vexation, as she said, as Hannah said. And so this story is one you can relate to. But it's a story of hope in which, in due time, Hannah bore a son. Hannah conceived and bore a son. And I love that, in due time. It means that it's on God's time. It's in His time frame that this happens. And so, if you are distressed over wanting to have children today, then take hope in this. In due time, in God's plan, in God's time, when He wants it to, it will happen. But it's okay to be distressed. All right? Hannah certainly was. It's okay to pour out your heart to the Lord. I hope you do. But remember, take hope that the Lord does work. It's just in His time. And if it be that the Lord's plan is not for you to have biological children, then He will also provide the strength and peace to accept that and consider alternatives to motherhood. So the first thing that we get from this story is it's a story of hope and of miracles. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And then, something that all mothers can relate to, she dealt with the weaning process. Now, she's particularly talking about nursing here, but I think the weaning process is another way of saying letting go. And there's a process that goes on as your child grows up. At first, it is weaning, nursing. And then it's the first steps. And then it's the first night away from home. And then it's the first day of school. And then it's the first date. And then, and you know, you keep, and you have to let go a little bit more and a little bit more. And like many of you mothers, and I'll have to admit some fathers too, but many of you mothers, Hannah didn't want that to really happen. She knew that they were going to be going for their yearly sacrifice, and she made no effort to wean the child. And then it came time to go, and everybody's packing up, and she says, I don't think I'm going to take him yet. He's not weaned, so I'll, I'll, I'll stay behind, and I'll wean him, and I'll bring him on later after I've weaned him. And so it's okay to hang on and to not let go. But remember, eventually you are going to have to let go. But the beauty of this story is that it's not just letting go. The example that we're to follow is, is that it's letting go and letting God have ultimate control. Because she lend him to the Lord. That's what she did. She gave him over to the Lord. And if you'll realize that this whole weaning process is you letting go slowly and letting, the go- letting God have more control over your child's life and the direction that it takes. And so that's the, the ultimate message is to give God the ultimate control over your children's lives because they could be in no better hands than his. And so from Hannah's story, we have hope, the letting go process, and the letting God have ultimate control. The second mother I want you to consider is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And these are the, I'm going to just read two very short passages from uh, Luke's Gospel, the second chapter. And this is on the first night of Jesus' Uh, existence here on earth. And this is after the shepherds had spoken to Mary and Joseph. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. On the first night Jesus was here, and I imagine that most mothers here begin that internal scrapbook the first time they see their children. And then it, it, you just begin to build upon that. You begin to, to build a treasury, so to speak, of memories. And we know that this continued throughout Jesus' life because even after he had went to Jerusalem with them and stayed behind and was preaching or teaching in the, in the temple, the adults and the teachers 
and his parents got worried. They came back and found him, and, and this is what uh, Luke's gospel says after that. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So you get the idea that this is still going on when Jesus was probably around 11 or 12. And so this is probably something like most of you mothers that was done throughout his whole childhood. She treasured things and pondered them in her heart. And that is something that I encourage you to continue to do and maybe do on a larger scale. Because in today's hectic society, it's difficult to take time to notice what's going on in your child's life sometimes. Life is in the small things. Life is in the silly things. Life is in the hectic rush to get out the door. It's in when your kids uh, paint the wall or color on something they shouldn't have. That is life. And it should be treasured. And remember that everything is special. Everything is sacred. Everything should be kept tucked away because one point, at one point you'll have to let go and the majority of what you have will be what you have treasured inside, the memories. And so keep a large memory bank if you need to journal. But remember that everything that you experience with your children is special and should be treasured. Take time to think about it at the end of the day, what your kids have done and what your kids mean to you. Laugh about their mistakes um, and and laugh about their uh, successes. Take time to treasure your children and, and what they mean to you. So in conclusion, we have children, honor your mother, obey her, and give her reason to rejoice. Husbands and fathers, praise her often and praise her in public in front of other people. And mothers... Give God the ultimate control over your children as Hannah did. And remember that everything is sacred and should be treasured in your hearts. Happy Mother's Day.
you did tell them that that was our band playing. Okay, we recorded it. I want you to know that. Didn't Kelly do a good job singing it? Yes. And Andy, thank you for that message. He and I talked about how difficult Mother's Day messages are, and I told him I didn't want to do one. So thank you. Thank you. That was just wonderful. Let's stand and join together in uh, the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. in peace knowing that God loves and cares for you because of the love he has surrounded you with in life through your family and may you be his instrument of love to the next generation. Amen.
Have a great day and a great week.